You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. On November 5th, 2001, Dr. Andrew Bagby was murdered in a parking lot in western Pennsylvania. The prime suspect, his girlfriend, Dr. Shirley Turner, promptly fled the United States for St. John's, Canada, where she announced that she was pregnant with Andrew's child. In making his documentary, Dear Zachary, a letter to a son about his father, our guest today, director and best friend of Andrew Bagby, Kurt Kenny, began by introducing Andrew's child, Zachary, to the father he'd never met. What happened during the making of the film, no one could have foreseen. Kenny is an award-winning filmmaker and composer of both fiction and documentary films. Kurt Kenny, welcome to Film School. Hi, thank you for having me on. And how are you doing today? Uh, good. Tired. I, I just got back from Pennsylvania last night where we... Uh, Actually, had a, um, a screening of the a private screening of the film for all the folks at uh, Andrew's Hospital, where he was working at the time that he was killed. Wow! And that's that's in the same town, of, you know, Latrobe, Pennsylvania, where where uh, where Shirley killed him seven years ago as well, too. So it was uh, almost like a um, sort of like a seven years later memorial service in a way for all the yeah. the folks there who knew him, kind of coming together to see the movie and experience that and kind of bond all over again. So it was it was. It was emotional, but it was a very good experience. So this was their first opportunity to see this film? Uh, th- this was the first time that the folks in Pennsylvania had seen it, yeah. Uh, what was the reaction? How, how did they feel about it? It, w- it, was, it was really wonderful. I mean, everyone was obviously, you know, it's an upsetting topic for everyone yes. there, obviously, because everyone knew him, and that's where it happened and everything, too. But um, uh, it was very, very well received. Uh, a lot of really, you know, just really uh, wonderful reaction to it. Also, all the proceeds from the movie are going to... Uh, two scholarship funds in Andrew's memory, one of which is That's established it. at his hospital. So it's a, it's a nice place for it. And one of my favorite reactions, the uh, the district attorney of Westmoreland County in Pennsylvania, who was the one who was, you know, uh, prosecuting the case, but he never got to do very much because Shirley got out of the country before they had a chance to charge her. Um, he actually told me after the film, he said it was a completely unique experience in all his years of prosecuting crimes because he's never had an opportunity to meet the victim before. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he's that like, is this is... Yeah, so this is like the first time he's ever gotten to meet the victim. He said, I just fell in love with Andrew. He was like, what an amazing guy. It's like, I wish I'd gotten to meet him as opposed to be, you know, the prosecutor in the case. Now, now you've been back there when you were shooting the film. But going back again, did you have any uh, specific feelings about visiting the place where he had been murdered? Um, well, actually, I've been there three times now. I, okay. I went there, uh, <clears throat> I spent a week shooting there. When I first started, when this was originally just a personal project that I was putting together for family and friends and for Zachary before it was ever even conceived of being released publicly. Um, and actually, I, uh, as much as that is the place where it happened, I really love that place because it's, it's, um, it's a place where, you know, Andrew had finally sort of found himself and yeah. found what he wanted to do as a physician. And, and the people there are just wonderful and welcoming. And it honestly was maybe like my favorite week of... Uh, of, of shooting on this movie just because it was just such a wonderful, warm place. So as, as strange as that may sound, that it's also the place where he was killed, it was it was also the place where he'd finally kind of found his life, too. Yeah, you know? yeah that's what, I, you know, I completely 
completely forgotten about that, and that's what makes this such a complex film, too. It's that that here's a, a fellow, and makes it so tragic, that, that it finally found his place in life. It mm. seemed like he was settled in, and, 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 then, and then this occurs. Did you ever have an opportunity to meet uh, his murderer? Uh, yes, I met her once about a year before before he was killed. Um, for, I met her for about three hours, uh, just about, about a year beforehand, because mm-hmm. at the time when they were seeing each other, he was living on the other side of the continent. You know, so I, I yeah. didn't really have much exposure to her. I heard about her from him on the phone and stuff, but yeah. she was out in California for um, a brief visit and um, <clears throat> needed a ride to go get a rental car, so I picked her up and took her over to do that just because I was kind of curious to meet her. So, yeah, o- only once for three hours, so it was very, very limited exposure. No, no, I, no, I, no excuse me, I just no. got to ask this one yeah. question. In in listening to her, um, looking back on that experience you had with her, uh, um, when I listened to her, it seems like she never, ever stopped talking. And, and there was <laughs> something manic about yeah. that that yeah. seemed almost connected to the point in her mind where she could do something um, that was as horrible as, as taking the life of, of uh, Andrew. You know, Dr. Bagby. Yeah, that was my, the, the three hours that I met her, she also talked nonstop, and I remember mm-hmm. kind of wondering partway through, like, how can Andrew stand this? Well, wow. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I thought, well, she's smart, she's kind of cute, they've got things in common, they're both doctors, da, da, da. okay, I get yeah. it, you know, maybe, you know. Um, I did notice that she also... Um, when the subject of other uh, girls that Andrew had dated in the past, in particular one uh, one of which is uh, one of his previous girlfriends, is still one of my closest friends, she started really kind of tearing into and uh, going off on a jealous rant about the person, and I kind of put an end to that because it's like you're talking about a friend of mine. There, you can stop now. Yeah. Um, but um, but I, I but at the same time, it's just just because someone talks a mile a minute and doesn't really listen. Oh. To the other person doesn't mean they're a killer, and that never occurred to me in a million years at the time. Because a- Andrew's mother always has always said since then, I never liked her, but you don't think murder. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, so, and, and I, I guess that was my reaction too. Well, let, let's let's set this up because I, I, without obviously we don't I don't want to go too far into the development of the the plot of this film, but I do want to do the setup for it. Um, sure. Would you please? You're asking. Uh, yeah, I would like. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not going to do it. Oh, well, huh? I, well, you, I, you did a pretty good job leading into the beginning of the show. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, now, do you remember the day you decided to make this film? What did it happen um, almost immediately after his death? Yeah, I I got the news that he had been killed, and I was pretty much on the floor for a little while. And because I had been making movies since I was yay high, or we're on the radio, you can't see where my hand's going for yay high, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when, at least since, you know, six or seven years old, and I used to force him to star in everything, so I, and I still had all of my original raw footage tapes and Super 8 film and whatever, so I had basically his entire youth of our time growing up from, you know, first grade through the end of college documented on tape. So I realized it was going to be my responsibility to put together some kind of a tribute film for family and friends because everyone would want to have it, and I was the keeper of all that stuff. And then when it occurred to me that, you know, he's never going to have a wedding, you know, there's never going to be a time when all these various people I've been hearing about my whole life from him are going to come together in one spot. You know, I'm never going to go get to visit him at his work, any of that sort of thing. Because even when 
he when he had uh, when he was killed, he had like five different memorial services all in different places around the world. Yeah. You know, so, because he had so, so many people who cared about him. So henceforth, people didn't really travel from one place to another for the service. So there wasn't really an opportunity to meet all these people in his world. And I thought, if I expand my tribute film into something where I go travel to these places and meet all these people and interview everybody, it could be kind of a great way for everyone in Andrew's circle to kind of meet each other through the film. And so as I conceived this, I thought this would be a really kind of great way for me to kind of get some, you know, catharsis or whatever, or closure or, you know, some sense of connectivity by going to meet these people. But at the time, it was not intended for public release. Um, four months later, after um, Andrew's killer fled, you know, she had fled, she fled the country almost immediately, so they never got to arrest her and take her into custody here in the States. She got out of the country too quickly because she had, du- uh, she also had dual passports. She, had, she, was a, she was a citizen of both uh, Canada and the United States, so it was easy passage for her. Um, four months, uh, you know, then Canada let her walk free on bail when she got up there, which was mind-boggling given yeah. that she had a charge of first-degree murder and a criminal homicide on her head. Then four months into that, process of extradition, she holds a press conference and announces she's pregnant with his child. At the time, we didn't know if that was true. I mean, she could have just made that up, you know, but um, it turned out to later be true, and DNA testing proved it and all that sort of thing. But when I realized that there was that possibility that he was going to have a, you know, a son born after his death, and I realized, wow, this little tribute movie I'm putting together... Um, I better do a good job because the only only way yeah. the, the, the little guy is going to get to learn who his dad was, um, and then but even at that point it still was not intended for public release. It was only after the case continued on and the I mean I, for people who haven't seen the movie I don't want to say yeah. too much because people see, see people seem to think it is most effective when you know less about it going in. Yeah. But um, but the basically the. The, the case continued in an appalling fashion, and the outcome was completely unacceptable. And, you know, at that point, Andrew's parents started speaking out in the media for change to uh, to Canada's bail system and justice system. And uh, so I kind of was looking at this pile of footage that I had and thought, you know, maybe I can help yes. <laughs> somehow. And and uh, Andrew's parents, you know, were very encouraging of me putting this uh this film out there publicly. Andrew's father wrote a book about everything that happened, which was published a year and a half ago. And so, um, trying to get the film screened before Canadian Parliament early next year. We're speaking with Kurt Kenny. The film is Dear Zachary, a letter to a son about his father. Well, I just wanted to say that uh, while uh, Shirley Turner did flee to Canada, we you did get a hold of recordings of conversations that she had with. Uh, police who are asking her about this and uh, it's quite stunning to listen to her first of all to hear her voice in, in, in describing what her actions were that day and then how she tries to back how she really just lies to her teeth and that you get a, a real insight into her um, just by these conversa- short conversations yeah and uh, or is she supposedly hearing about his murder for the first time yet she's sort of making little jokes and things with the police officer yeah. right and then she was and then they were able to track her movements by her cell phones mm-hmm. calls which she was making and the obvious Obviously, the trail leads right to Latrobe and back to yeah. was it Cleveland or something where she was. Uh, she was in uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa at the okay. time, so yeah. she drove sixteen hours there and back to Latrobe, Pennsylvania, over you know a course of 
very little, you know, just like, you know, 36-hour period. So with a gun. So the obvious idea or charge, I mean, uh, defense that this was a crime of uh, passion is, I mean... Well, it wasn't really, it wasn't a crime of passion because it was very premeditated. Yeah, well, I guess She went, went home, got yeah. her gun, yeah. got in the car, drove 16 hours, yeah. waited for him all day to get off work. I mean, she had a lot of time to cool down. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I meant. I so, mean, obviously, so yeah, I, so yeah, it was it was it was premeditated and cold and calculated, as far as my opinion of it goes. Yeah. Now you were saying earlier that in in creating this at first, uh, it was more of a just a homage to to uh, to Andrew Bagby. Mm-hmm. Then he has a son, so you've made a you made a turn there. Uh, you know the the. Uh, the purpose of the film has changed a bit. I don't think I've ever seen a film before where there's so many purposes as it goes along, and you're reacting to them. You're, you're, you're the the whole foundation of of what you're doing is kind of shifting underneath you as you're as you're making this film, and yet you're 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 focusing the film around it. That that must have been challenging, and at the same time, there must have been a, a, a an exhilaration to at least being able to. To, to grab onto something that was that was that uh, unpredictable. Well, it was. Uh, I mean, once again, it's it's difficult to talk about when people haven't seen the movie. Yes, <laughs> I know, and, and I don't want to get too far into yeah, it. Yeah, but um, I mean, I'd be very happy if the movie had never had to be released publicly. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't actually start physically cutting the movie together until about a year and a half ago because I. Was always had it in my head that I was going to do a certain thing, but I was waiting till a certain period of time had passed to do it because um, I, I I don't like yeah. to start uh, finishing things and particularly documentary projects until I have all the footage I'm going to be using, like because it doesn't make sense to start cutting when you're just going to be getting more material that may influence how you do the beginning later, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So um, so yeah, so I, I I hadn't even started cutting when all these various transitions occurred, so they. I, I had the movie in my head that I was planning to make, and yeah. I, I did. I did finish the movie that I started, certainly, um, which I think is pretty clear from the way the picture is made. Um, so, but uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely it definitely was uh, hard to figure out what to do at a certain point. Like, yeah. should I, at one point I was like I said in the movie, like should I even continue with this? You know, or mm-hmm. or you know what's you know at a certain sometimes sometimes I wondered what is there you know. What is this anymore? What am I doing? You know, yeah. you you had you must have had. I saw a box load of videotape there. <laughs> how many how many hours is that? And how much how much editing did you do? I had about three hundred hours of footage, roughly. Oh. I guess um, the movie itself is ninety three minutes. So um, yeah, I mean, it took it took about three three. Uh, three and a half months to kind of go over, go through everything. I guess. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Well, now. Um, by the way, we're speaking with Kurt Kenny. The film is Dear Zachary, and I wanted to uh, introduce two of the—I mean, two of the significant major uh, presence in this film: uh, Andrew's parents, uh, Kate and, and David uh, Bagby. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are remarkable people uh, mm-hmm. in so many ways. Um, you obviously knew them as as a young child. Um, were you surprised by? The way that they reacted, in the way that they reacted, not only to Andrew's murder, but in their desire to establish a relationship with Zachary. Um, not at all. No, I mean that that was just it made sense that that uh, that they you know that's what they would do. Um, I I mean we were all very worried for them because they were under an enormous amount of stress and they were put, being put through emotional torture by. The Canadian government, who let this woman walk free with custody of their grandson when she had 
you know, almost certainly, you know, murdered their son, um, you know, putting your, putting uh, you know anyone in that position that they're all they're grieving the de- the death of you know and the murder of their only son, while the person who very likely is responsible for that is holding their grandchild hostage. I mean, it's almost it's it's just inconceivable that anyone should have to you know be put through that in any way shape or form um so hence you know and the outcome therein you know was just, hence my you know just a complete uh, you know i was completely appalled with the system that allowed that to go on well just the circumstances you described are just hard to even fathom but that but what for me what puts them into another class uh, in, in as far as human behavior is concerned was they, the way that they dealt with this the way that they were able uh, both of them, Kate and David, were able to negotiate with this woman in order to to see uh, Zachary at first a very short period of time, and then they were able to essentially expand how much time they were able to see him, and to be able to navigate um, the in in the mind of an obviously psychotic woman um, is uh, is remarkable, and their determination after the fact as well. It's it's really quite quite moving, and in some ways, they're really this is the moral center of this film. Yeah. I mean, they've 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 said before, and people have asked them, "How on earth did you do that?" Yeah. They said, "You don't know what you're capable of until you've been to war, and if you have a why, you can deal with any how." And the why was to give Zachary the best possible chance at a at, you know at a at a good future, and if that meant dealing with her because the government wouldn't do their job and lock her up, then that was what they had to do. Well, they're both remarkable, but we hear a lot. Uh, we hear a lot of conversation from uh, from David and sort of the rationale has his what was going on in his mind as he as he negotiated with with Shirley Turner. Yeah, yeah I'm going gonna, gonna to get into the the upbeat part of it because there are some amazing. Oh, yeah. uh, just the the type of life that Andrew led uh, makes for some amazing footage. Uh, I, I especially enjoy the the uh, trip you took to England. I'm yes. sure you did too. Yes. And and it's. The discoveries you made about Andrew as you went along, there were parts, even though you knew him well, there were parts of his life that you you just seemed to be discovering things about him you had never known before. Could sure. you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, that was kind of, in a way, the genesis for me deciding to go travel all over the world interviewing people, in a way, was um, I remember at his memorial service in California, which was in December of 2001, a few of his med school classmates did come out to California for that from Canada, and they were we were sitting in the kitchen. I remember, and they told his parents that they had decided to um, uh, begin uh, an award in his memory at the uh, at the medical school, and it would be a photography award um, for you know uh, students in the future because Andrew was such an avid photographer and loved taking pictures and da 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 and. Andrew's parents just both began to cry and said, oh, yeah, he loved taking photos. We did that with him. I remember sitting there at the table going, really? <laughs> yeah. He did? <laughs> and, and I was just like, I didn't know that. And did I just not pay attention? What was the deal? Or maybe he didn't really tell me much about it because he knew I was, like, you know, pursuing, you know, filmmaking professionally and everything, and maybe he felt, like, timid about it. Or I don't know. I, I, I just remember thinking, really? He, he like, was a, a hobbyist photographer? I didn't know that. And, and and that was just one of those things I was like, oh, well, um, I wonder what else there is that maybe I don't know, you know, and that kind of thing. And so that was, that kind of got me curious. To, that's what I said, well, I'm never going to find out from him himself because he's not here anymore. So the only way to really answer any questions is to go talk to everybody. It's the other uh, the part of his life, too, is uh, what happened in St. Louis. 
during that uh, one summer? Or, or in, am I correct on the location there? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's where his uh, his father's family was. Yeah, uh, yeah. It just uh, there's a whole the way he touched so many people. Is his cousin? Was that his cousin that we? You, you uh, are you you're talking about the guy down by the river? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mac is his name. Yeah, he's, yeah, he seems to be an audience favorite. People seem to like him. Yeah, a lot. he's such a good old boy in a lot of ways. Yeah, he just, is. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, he uh, he is the ex-husband of one of Andrew's cousins, who he just had a real rapport with and was was close with. And Mac just came across very very well on camera as well too. So that that uh, sort of popped to the forefront there. But yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting kind of dichotomy to see that this young doctor was friends with all these physicians, but also was friends with this uh, with like you said, this kind of good old boy out you know out in the Midwest as well too, who totally wouldn't fit into that social circle at all. You know, it was like mm-hmm. he had. A, all these different kinds of people who were so close to him. In fact, it was neat. We, we, uh, last weekend, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, we screened the movie at the St. Louis International Film Festival, which is where Andrew's St. Louis relatives got to see the movie for the first time as well. Uh-huh. So wow. that was that was a really great experience. Yeah, did, was Mac there? Mac did not make it to that show, unfortunately. Oh. Everybody else did, so I left uh. the DVD behind for him to, to see. So, um, so yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of been... Uh, been a little covert lately, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for I don't, him. I don't know if maybe he's embarrassed yeah. to see himself on the screen or whatever, too. Well, and... It could be. Babe. He, he that that, be. that friendship seemed like yeah, uh, an amazing friendship so between genuine, the two yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah he, he was... It's funny, because I was, I was interviewing all these people who were all getting very emotional and everything. I was like, man, wasn't anyone going to tell me any funny stories? I want to hear like, <laughs> the fun stuff. Everyone said, oh, Mac's got all the funny stories. He's great. And so I showed up down by the river. I'm getting ready to interview Mac. I'm like, okay, these are going to be the fun stuff. And the first question I asked him is, how would you describe Andrew? to someone who'd never met them before, and he just bursts into tears. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so much for the fun interview. But I, I, I finally got him like back on the, uh, the track of, uh, you know, whatever. So that was, that was good. And what I, was the cooking? Uh, they, went, they fished and cooked the, uh, I forgot what kind of fish they said there. Yeah, he, uh, he had, all, they had all sorts of stuff. I can't remember yeah, what they caught yeah, down yeah, there. But. Yeah. yeah, and I just got a call yesterday that the, uh, the movie um, this, this past weekend when it ended won the Audience Award at the St. Louis International Film Festival. Well, too, congratulations. So. Congratulations. Thanks. Well, and going to your website, if anyone is interested, and they should be, it's at coldedeerzachary.com, uh, mm-hmm. and you have uh, a, an impressive list of festivals and awards that, uh, that Dear Zachary has won uh, you must be very proud of all that. I'm, 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 I'm happy. That, you know, like I said, I wish I'd never had to make the movie. But right. the good part of it is, uh, from the point of view that I mean, a lot of people in this world suffer injustices, and they want to speak out to, for change, and nobody listens. And I feel like you know the fact that we've. We, you know, we're, we're we're going into our fourth week of theatrical release in New York City right now. We're continuing to roll out across the country theatrically. Um, we are getting distributed and we are getting heard. And the movie uh, premieres uh, a week from Sunday night, uh, December seventh at nine p.m. on MSNBC. And MSNBC is going to keep airing it, I think, in you know, sort of frequent rotation thereafter as well too. So we've really have got an amazing platform for people to hear this story and to hear what happened and. My hope is that you know if people are as upset as we are about what happened here, that they'll uh, you know write the Canadian government in support of change. There's uh, on the website that you mentioned, dearzachary.com, all one word. There's a uh, thing if you click on support bail reform, it you know exactly tells, right. you who, tells you who to write to, and you know and I'm right there. Sort of uh, support. Uh, you can write to the the people of Canada, and as you say, everyone else. Uh, yeah. So there's a there's a lot of uh, information. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's an address, and, and people should take that seriously. December seventh, you said at nine p.m. and MSNBC. Sunday, December seventh, nine p.m. MSNBC yeah. is the television premiere. It's currently 
still in theatrical release in New York City in its fourth week. There, it played for like two weeks in L.A., but it's it's now it's now off screens here. But it, uh, I think it just finished playing in Portland, and it's uh, still playing in Nashville. It opens this weekend in Santa Fe and next weekend and you're st- in San Jose. And you're still in festivals as well. It sounds mm-hmm. like so. Yeah, uh-huh. it's playing this week at the, having its European premiere at the uh, International Documentary Festival of Amsterdam in well, Amsterdam. Now, that's a big event. That's a big uh, um, uh, festival. So it congratulations. is, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I was, the, the, the festival was excited. So are you coming out? But I, I actually decided, because um, I, I, you know, this week being Thanksgiving with the family, that I, I had to make a decision between going to Pennsylvania to see the movie with all of Andrew's old uh, med school, or, or all of his old hospital colleagues, or going to Amsterdam. And I decided that seeing, seeing all of Andrew's old colleagues would, would mean more to me emotionally than going to Amsterdam, as, as big a deal as that festival is. So I, I had to make a hard choice, but I, I opted to, to, to see the old friends as opposed to go to the big festival. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're running out of time here, uh, Kurt, but I, I just got to ask you one question before we go. It might be an awkward question, but, sure. but what, what do you think Andrew would think about all this? What do you think, you know, if he were to come back and take a look at, you know, all that's been generated by this, do, do you think he would have a, a, a comment on it? Would, would, he, would he laugh at the, the, the circumstances that have happened? Would he would be horribly sad? Uh, what, what was, this seems to be the philosophy of of a very positive man, there's it's it's drawn through this whole story. Sure. And 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 yet the, this tragedy happened. Is is there something that he would say about it? I think he'd be horribly sad at what's happened to his parents in, yeah. in the time since. Yeah. And I think I think he'd be very happy that I've done what I've done to try to help them heal in in that in that process as well i think as far as the movie goes i think he'd i think i think he'd like the movie as a movie but i think he'd probably be too embarrassed to watch it because he, <laughs> uh, he uh, that was one thing when we made our movies as, as a as when we were younger and we would put them on the screen for everybody to see he'd always have to leave the room because he was too embarrassed to like watch himself on screen so <laughs> so and, and also he was a very he was a very humble modest guy so i think even hearing all the people say all the wonderful things about him would just make him blush and go oh come on that's not true you know so so uh i i think i think he'd probably be too modest to actually watch the film, but uh, I, I think uh, I would think he'd be very, very happy that, given that the circumstances transpired as they did, that that I made it and that it's hopefully uh, getting going to get some change in his honor here soon. And also, but first and foremost is you know, help, helping his parents to, uh, yes. to to get through it. Right. Kurt, Kurt Kenny, I have one last question, very quick. Sure. The poster for the film is I really like this poster. Uh, can we give credit to to uh, to who did it? Yes, uh, the poster for the film, which is a really striking drawing that's like a family tree cut in half and everything yeah. and whatnot, that was drawn by um, a gentleman named Evan Harris in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got an email from him last night, actually. I had, wow. written, I had written to just tell him what a beautiful job I thought he'd done, and he wrote back and said, I'm so sorry, it's taken me a little while. Um, but yeah, his website is evanbharris.com, his middle initial is B, so Evan B. Harris, all one word. Yeah. You can see some of his other artwork there, and yeah, he, uh, it's terrific. He, yeah, he just did a phenomenal job on it. Well, this is an extraordinary film. Dear Zachary, a letter to a son about his father. Kurt Kenny, thanks for being on Film School. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash Film School.